0: Hello, this is Linda Mulcahy, and I'm introducing the latest episode of our podcast talking about methods. And today, I'm really delighted to be talking to Ellie Whittingdale. Uh, Ellie is a researcher at the Centre for Social Legal Studies in Oxford. Prior to joining us at the centre, Ellie read for an MSc in Law and Anthropology at the LSE. She's the lead editor of Frontiers of Social Legal Studies, where this uh, podcast is appearing. Um, And as I hope you'll all know by now, that's a blog that was launched by the Centre for Social Legal Studies in May 2021. Ellie is also a co-convener of the Feminist Jurisprudence Discussion Group and led the organisation of the inaugural Feminist Jurisprudence Discussion Group annual workshop to bring together students interested in feminist jurisprudence. She's passionate, as we will hear about feminist methodology. And she has a paper coming out in a special issue of the Journal of Law and Society, which is due to be published um, in in a couple of weeks in December 2021. So I was also part of that initiative. It's a special issue of the Journal of Law and Society, which is completely dedicated to methodology. And the reason I've asked Ellie to talk to us today is that I was really fascinated by her paper in which she talks about becoming... Or perhaps re-becoming a feminist methodologist after facing the challenges of fieldwork. So Ellie, let's switch over to you. Could you just start off by telling our audience a little bit more about the sort of sociolegal research that you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. Um, I feel very honoured. So, yes, as we have covered, I am passionate about feminist methodology, Um, and sort of to describe my research, my the sort of socio-legal research that I do. um, Perhaps it's best to start by describing uh, my project at the moment. So, at the moment. my PhD research is exploring how sexual violence is sort of understood and talked about um, within um, English sexual violence support services, which are sort of vital spaces that do life-changing and often life-saving work, um, but which there's a sort of dearth of socio-legal research into. And as part of that project, I am carrying out interviews with people working within those spaces um, because I think it's really important to bring those sort of elided and underexplored voices and stories um, to the
0: fore. Thanks so much. That's, that's really clear. And this is actually, I'm very proud to say, the first in a series um, of podcasts that we hope to launch on feminist methodology. We'll be all talking about all sorts of different uh, approaches to methodology. But I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about what it means to you to be a feminist academic
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think it's one that I think about a lot. Um, So for me, I think feminisms are um, a wonderfully sort of diverse and rich body of thought, But they're also a way of sort of approaching and being in the world um, that emphasise sort of recognising power relations, seeking to dissolve and trouble um, hierarchies and inequalities and sort of take into account um, intersecting forms of oppression. And what that looks like, um, as a feminist academic I think um is sort of a key set of commitments and duties that we owe to sort of participants and um, the academy other researchers but also to ourselves um, and those commitments I think are sort of listening to and bringing into the fold um, voices and stories and the meanings of people um, which have sort of been long excluded from research um, also recognising the kind of intimately personal and partial um, nature of the research process a lot of the time Um, and I was kind of um, particularly inspired by the pioneering work of early feminist academics um, that really made that commitment to listening to and amplifying the sort of hidden lives and voices of people um, and also to recognising that research is often not detached, neutral or sort of objective, but sort of value laden and partial instead.
0: That's really fascinating. Um, and we've talked a bit about objectivity in social science research. So it's really great that you have brought up that aspect and sort of assumptions that may underpin feminist methodology. Um, I wanted to push you then and ask you a little bit more about this article we've been talking about, which is coming out in the Journal of Law and Society. And what I was really interested in, first of all, you talk about dilemmas and issues that you faced when doing empirical research. And as you know, part of the focus of this podcast is really talk about some of the dirty or uncomfortable stories behind um, the empirical research that we do. And you've labelled your article, Becoming a Feminist. And now you've already told us that you're a feminist. So why do you think you had to re-become a feminist when you were doing your empirical fieldwork?
1: Okay, so that's also a really good question. Um, And you're so right. I think that um, the research process, or especially sort of my experience of it, has been one that is messy and is um, sort of rife with contradictions and complexities and, yeah, often times that feel really uncomfortable or alienating or disorientating. Um, so whilst I went into field work thinking that, um, or sort of identifying as a feminist, I also had to grapple um, during field work with realizations that actually sometimes the decisions I made or the concrete actions that I took were kind of antithetical to um, my very strongly held um, theoretical feminist commitments. Um, and so I talk in the article about sort of recognizing those those in those times which were often really uncomfortable for me um, that contradiction between the way that I thought and the way that I might have acted um, and yeah so it was a process of becoming it is a process of becoming I think that being a feminist academic a feminist researcher and just a feminist in general is a sort of lifelong project um, it's evolving it's messy it's uh, replete with mistakes and being honest about those mistakes, I think um, I mean I just take my hat off to pioneering feminist academics again because I think they really created a space where it's okay to be honest about um, the messiness of research and the contradictions that that lie in doing fieldwork and being reflexive about those um, about that process and the messiness of that process is another sort of key, lesson from feminist methodology as well
0: so could you give us some concrete examples of things that happened in your field work that made you feel uncomfortable or made you reflect on your position or be aware of the fact that theory was very different from practice
1: yeah so i think one of the um at the start of my field work um, so i'm still doing interviews at the moment and when i sort of look back to the beginning um when i was doing interviews one of the um sort of painful and uncomfortable realizations that I made was that, the way that I was doing interviews was really um, sort of detached from the way that I, I thought I would be doing interviews. so initially, I really clung to the idea of structure and rules and um, sort of detached neutrality, which I wasn't aspiring to um, as a sort of feminist methodologist um, going into field work at all. Um, and I think when I sort of started transcribing interviews and listening back to how I was interacting with participants, I noticed. Um, that sort of clinging to structure Um, and I also noticed all of the gaps and the missed opportunities that I'd That I'd had to ask, I don't know, like follow-up questions instead of clinging so tightly to the sort of set of questions that I went into interviews with, um, and ultimately that was a really enriching lesson um, because now I hope that I ask sort of um, questions that lend to giving participants um, more space and time and sort of bringing their voices into the fold as I'd originally hoped to. Um, but those initial interviews, I uh, I definitely acted in a way that that wasn't completely aligned um with my sort of feminist methodological commitments um at the start of field work yeah
0: so i think i'm allowed to tell everybody ellie that you're a lot younger than me Um, (laughs) they may have guessed that from the tone of our voice but is do you think that was about confidence i think when we're we're young scholars structure is quite attractive isn't it whatever your head is telling you about your theory that you sort of it's a way of being in control and pacing things Is it about confidence? Do you think just letting go a little bit and allowing it to be conversational and go off for you to go off in rabbit holes?
1: Yeah I think it definitely is and um, one of my recommended readings actually is uh, a wonderful piece by Nancy Deutsch and she talks about treading the fault lines between the heart and the head Um, and also how how, as she she, uh, sort of describes as an early um, as an early researcher being um, very much having the same experience um, clinging to structures and rules and and not having that confidence to kind of go with the flow a bit more um, in her research interactions and I definitely think that is uh, a big part of the initial stage of research.
0: I suppose it's partly about control as well isn't it because you like to feel that you're in control of process whereas actually probably feminist methodology encourages us not to be in control if you're going to listen and you Mm. give your interviewee agency that has all sorts of implications about the way that you have to behave
1: yeah I definitely think it is about control and I also think it's about um being affected by the research that you do um so when I was kind of talking a bit earlier about Holding on to that kind of image of being detached or somehow neutral, I think it can often be really frightening to allow yourself to be affected by the research and and your participants and recognize that you are affected and that you affect um, them and what they say as well. Um, And coming to that realization, I think, can sometimes be um, uncomfortable, but ultimately enriching.
0: So what advice would you give to a younger self about being a feminist socio-legal scholar in the field?
1: Um, the advice that I would give is that being a feminist sort of scholar is an evolving project and it's a process and it's okay to go with that process. It's okay to sit with and to embrace the messiness and the fraughtness and the uncertainties um, of doing feminist research in practice. And it's also okay to get things wrong. Um, and I think it's actually really valuable to work out and to see the gaps in how you think and how you act. Um, and I guess that's why reflexivity is such an anchor Um, not to the point of sort of self-indulgence but that critical awareness and reflection on where you get things um, wrong where you make mistakes where you do things that you don't necessarily like and you might do better next time um, is important it's important and um, yeah to go with that and not to not to worry about that so much I guess. (laughs)
0: You've recommended three texts for people interested in this method to read, and you've already alluded to one. Could you walk us through your other choices?
1: Yes, so um, my first choice is Catherine Anderson et al's uh, Beginning Where We Are um, 1987 text um, and it's one that uh, Linda actually introduced me to in my first year of my PhD um, in the Theory and Methods course and I love this um, piece of work for a lot of reasons but I think it still is sort of a central text for me that puts forward the case for listening to previously unheard voices and being honest about the ways that we might not always listen um, how we want to and going back and doing it better the next time um, I also really like how this text is structured um, with four contributions from different authors so it's sort of a collective conversation um, where each author brings their own sort of insights into the process of doing feminist research and my other text um apart from Nancy Deutsch and Catherine Anderson's is Gail Leatherby's um, wonderful sort of companion um, to any feminist researcher, I think, called Feminist Research in Theory and Practice. And uh, Leatherby also, provides a very honest um, discussion of the fraughtness of doing feminist research in practice. Um, but she also sort of offers a good um, and helpful guide through a lot of the main themes and issues that come up in feminist research. Um, so reflexivity, power relations, uh, representations of research participants in how we write and speak. And uh, I think it's really helpful as a text.
0: That's really helpful. Thank you so much, Ellie, for giving up your time to talk to us. It's been really interesting listening to you. Thank you so much for having me. Please visit frontiers.csls.ox.ac.uk to find a list of the publications that have been referred to in this podcast and a reference to a piece of work from our expert that you might also want to read. You can also find other podcasts and reading lists on that page. We hope that you've enjoyed this interview and that you'll listen to the other podcasts in our series. This is an ongoing project, so if you have an idea for a new podcast, just get in touch. Thank you.